Well, we got it. Wall Street did not expect uh, interest rates to go up a little bit more from the Federal Reserve, and they did. They went up by 0.75 points, and Wall Street didn't like that. Well, they did at first because the market did jump up for a bit, and then now we have the end result for yesterday and today where the market pretty much went down a little bit. At least as of the recording of this podcast, the market is currently down. But it's like Wall Street has been addicted to cheap money for so long. And now they have to live with the reality that they have to actually go back to the fundamentals of a company where profits and actually making money matter more than actual speculation, which is an interesting concept in the making because for the longest time, Wall Street loved companies that just were pure speculative. Okay. Now, granted, you need some speculation when you invest in the market, but they kind of took it to an extreme with their stock picks that they've had for the last couple of years. And granted, there are a few that they have chosen based off profits, but now Wall Street might be finally going back to what what has worked for probably a long time, which is profits over speculation. But with that being said, we do have some news to be able to cover too that is kind of in the shadows a little bit. First off, there's some news from Trump Media as documents suggest Parler and Rumble as a possible merger partners. And that makes things a little bit more interesting in that space in the making. Qualcomm had some reports. They reported some of their earnings and shares fall in first quarter guidance. And there's a hiring freeze announced at Qualcomm. Shares of Airbnb tumbled 13% on low fourth quarter guidance. And Kathy Wood is speaking out at ARK's investment, and she thinks that Musk is going to turn Twitter into a super app in the making. And if we have time in this podcast, too, I hope to be able to cover, too, on the political side of things, how Disney and CEO Bob Chapek are preparing for a possible Republican House majority. Like I always said at the beginning of each podcast, I have to remind you that I am not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. Everything I talk about on this podcast is for information purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. Your professional advisor would understand your situation a lot better than I would, and they can help guide you to make the better financial decision. I legally cannot give you financial advice. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. I also have to admit, too, that I do have a small stake in Disney. It's a very small stake. It's a long-term stake, but I do have some shares in Disney. Let's continue on this article's. From the media side, from CNBC, Trump media documents suggest Parler, Rumble as possible merger partners. Trump media and technology group executives named Parler and Rumble are theoretically acquisitions or partners according to documents provided by co-founder and whistleblower William Wilkerson through his counsel. Wilkerson was one of the early executives at Trump media and it's Twitter's SQ social media platform. True Social, the project was started by former President Donald Trump after he was banned from Twitter over his tweets during the January 6, 2021 Capitol riot, when hundreds of his supporters invaded Congress and attempted to block confirmation of Joe Biden's election victory. Among Wilkerson's documents, with a range from the summer of 2021 to the fall of 2022, and a photo depicting flowcharts on the Essel describing Trump media and correction, Trump new media empire, which lists a series of potential acquisitions and or slash partnerships. The graphic list fellow right-wing friendly social media platform, Parler, which Yi, the artist formerly known as Kanye West, said he would buy. Conservative video platform, Rumble, as well as Discord and liner cable channels like One American News and Newsmax. I didn't know Discord was one. That's an interesting one too. Continuing on, says they updated photo features. Andy Dean Lincoln seed, another Trump executive and former apprentice, consisted whose Wilkerson's 
alleges was fired for not gifting shares shares of Trump Media to Melania Trump. Linskin C was fired in March. Rumble, which is currently provides to social videos hosting services, recently went public through a SPAC deal. A process Trump Media is currently looking to complete to Trump Media deals with Shell Company. A digital world acquisition corp, however, is facing legal and financial obstacles. The agreement has passed key details, losing over $100 million in potential funding along the way. Attempts to extend such deals have failed to garner support to delay the merger deal uh, deadline until next year. Another shareholder meeting is scheduled for Thursday morning. You know, this is going to get really interesting, in all honesty, because there was a report that came out today that is saying the following right now. Uh, it says Trump media deal partner DWAC adjourns shareholder meeting for six time as it seeks to votes to delay merger. It says Digital Word Acquisition Corp, the shell company set to take Trump Media and Technology Corp and its true social platform public, adjourned a shareholder vote on its planned merger for the sixth time Thursday as its December 8th liquidation date nears. DWAC nears 65% of shareholders to approve the extension of the Trump Media merger to September 2023, a year beyond its original deadline. The company has previously failed to garner the necessary votes from its large swath of retail investors. The next meeting will take place at noon on November 22nd. Shares of DWAC were little changed in Thursday morning trading. The stock was trading around $16, well off its 52-week high of $101.87, which hit in March. The Trump media deal was announced last fall. The merger will provide hundreds of millions of dollars in funding to Trump media, but has faced a series of legal and financial obstacles. The deal is subject to be criminal, the probe, and is delayed, has resulted in the loss of over $100 million investment. Former President Donald Trump has previously said he would be okay with taking the company private, and an internal documents have shown that Trump Media considered mergers and partnerships with other right-wing friendly platforms, including Rumble and Parler. Now, this is where things would get interesting, like I was trying to talk about before we had to talk about this article. You know, Twitter is now owned by Elon Musk, okay? And it, it does compete with, I think, True Social, okay? And Rumble competes with YouTube. Okay, we know right now Google is feeling pain right now. They are from their advertising revenue, social media platforms that they own, everything. Okay, this is going to make things a lot more interesting in Wall Street. Like I said, being in this podcast, Wall Street's probably going to have to start focusing more on earnings going forward instead of pure speculation. If a company's making profits, that's a company that Wall Street will most likely invest in. Okay, this isn't financial advice, but in these times of inflation and a potential recession in the making, earnings are what matters going forward. It should always be that way, but there's always those people on Wall Street who are doing 100% speculation, okay? Now, what makes it more interesting too is what's going to happen to these companies. And in all honesty, Google's probably going to lose a lot of its advertising revenue going forward, especially if Rumble and this merger does happen, okay? At the same time, you have companies like Twitter who are trying to become profitable and there's people kicking and screaming throughout the world saying like, like just for example, the blue button incident, right? Where you have politicians like AOC and a bunch of other uh, influencers on Twitter who are freaking out about having to have to pay a subscription fee for a check, a blue check mark on their platforms. Okay. This is going to be really interesting to see market share disappear from Google because Google has owned a lot of the market share for the longest time. And at the end of the day, like I've said, profits will matter, okay? And this just makes things a lot more interesting across the board because now a company is going to have to make a decision. Do they care more about social justice information out there? Or do they care about making profits at the end of the day? This podcast is 
all about talking about investing. And so that's what we're talking about here. But it makes it more interesting in the making potentially because now it seems like Wall Street has to make a decision. I'm also curious to know too, with the ESG scores that are being used as well, which is, stands for Environment Social Governance Scores, I wonder how that's going to be affected too going forward when it comes to companies. And honestly, Wall Street might be either changing or it might be having to face reality. Don't know which one's going to be yet, but it is an interesting thought. Continuing on with articles, Qualcomm shares fall on first quarter guidance hiring freeze announced. Qualcomm shares fell 7% extended trading on Wednesday after Chipmaker reported inline fiscal fourth quarter earnings, but offered poor first quarter guidance. Qualcomm also said it implemented a hiring freeze at the start of the current quarter. Here's the company. Here's how the company did. $3.13 per share adjusted versus $3.13 per share as expected by analysis according to Refinitiv. Revenue is $11.39 billion adjusted versus $11.37 billion as expected by analysis according to Refinitiv. Overall revenue grew 22% year over year in the quarter that it ended September 25th according to the statement. With the respect to guidance, Qualcomm called for its first uh, its fiscal first quarter adjusted earnings of $2.25 to $2.45 per share on $9.2 billion to $10 billion in revenue. Analysis pulled by Refinitiv had expected earnings per share of $3.42 and revenue of $12.02 and no, correction, and $12.02 billion. Given the uncertainty by the macroeconomic environment, we're updating our guidance for calendar year 2022, G3, uh, correction, 3G, 4G, and 5G, handset volumes over year over year in mid-single-digit percentage declines to a low double-digit percentage decline, Qualcomm said in a report. The rapid deterioration in demand and easing of supply constraints across the semiconductor industry have resulted in elevated channel inventory. Revenue in Qualcomm CDMA Technologies, or QC2 category, which includes smartphones, chips, radio frequencies, front-end components, automotive chips, and Internet of Things devices total $9.9 billion. That was up 28%, and it's more than the $9.87 billion consensus among analysis polled by Street Account. Within the QC2 segment, revenue from mobile handsets came to $6.57 billion, up 40%, and a hair below the Street Account consensus of $6.59 billion. Automotive chips grew 58% on the annual basis of $427 million. Qualcomm's LOT business, which makes low-power chips for connected devices, grew 24% to $1.92 billion. RF front-end chips fell 20% to $992 million. The Qualcomm Technology License, or, Q, or QTL, the other major Qualcomm unit and that compromises of licensing fees related to 5G and other technologies, the company makes produces $1.44 billion in revenue. That's up 8%, but lower than $1.58 billion. Street account consensus. You know... This is interesting. If you can't provide future guidance right now, your stock is going to tank for at least these companies. Okay. That's, that's the case. I mean, Facebook did pretty well in its quarter and it's done. It's stock is doing terrible. In fact, at least as the last time I checked before, at least at the time of the recording of this podcast, Facebook was under a hundred dollars a share. I think it's even under 90 as of right now, if I'm not mistaken, could be wrong, but it says here too, because there's another 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 article to back up my statement where it's saying that if you don't have good guidance going forward, even if you beat on revenue and all that, Wall Street doesn't care right now. It says here, shares of Airbnb tumble 13% on low fourth quarter guidance. Shares of Airbnb fell more than 13% Wednesday, a day after the company released third quarter earnings that beat Wall Street's estimates, but fell short of fourth quarter guidance. Airbnb beat on top and bottom lines in the third quarter. The company posted revenue of $2.9 billion. I think that's a big deal right there that they're posting revenue finally. 
at least from what I've followed for Airbnb. Up 29% year over year for its strongest quarter ever. That top analysis estimates of $2.8 billion, according to Refinitiv. The revenue increase was driven by stable growth and the nights and experiences booked at elevated average daily rates. But Airbnb provided fourth quarter revenue guidance of $1.8 well, billion and $1.88 billion below the midpoint of $1.85 billion as expected by analysis, according to Refinitiv. Airbnb says it expects a continued elbate choppy recovery of cross-border travel to further tailwind to future results as countries around the world continue to recover from the COVID lockdowns and grapple with high levels of inflation and rising interest rates. Airbnb also cost that the strong dollar would lower its international average daily rate. Analysis at Everscore ISI said that was the key negative in the report. Evercore ISI maintained its outperform rating on the stock, but removed Airbnb from the TAP outperformers list, according to Tuesday's notes. Quote, all in, we thought fundamental trends were resilient, the analysis said. Yeah, if you can't come up with a good future story of the company, don't expect your the companies that you're investing in to have a decent quarter, in all honesty, because... Wall Street is just too shaky right now. I mean, they raised interest rates yesterday, like we said at the beginning of this podcast, and the market is tanking, in, and that's what's happening right now. I mean, in reality, like I said, you can't have cheap money forever. When interest rates were so low, people can just borrow money like no other. Now you can't borrow as much money, and now it's going to affect the markets going forward, Okay. But profits are always, always a key indicator of a potential growth of a company. Now, continuing on, and this is what I find the most interesting, is what's Twitter's future going to be looking like, okay? We have some analysis from ARK's investor, Kathy Wood. The article says, ARK's Kathy Wood is betting Elon Musk will turn Twitter into a super app. Whoa, that is insane. What do you mean there, Kathy? Continuing on, it says, in Lisbon, Portugal, from CNBC, ARK Investor founder Kathy Wood thinks Elon Musk might be onto something with his vision for Twitter. Quote, he's thinking about the super app like WeChat Pay, Wood said at a Web Summit technology conference in Lisbon, Portugal, Wednesday. Wood was referring to the digital payment services of Chinese messaging app WeChat. It is used often in China for things like instant messaging, social media, and payments. WeChat has been touted as the architect of a phenomenon known as super apps. These apps act as an all-in-one platforms and serve a range of users' needs spanning instant messaging, banking, and travel. Tesla's CEO has already hinted at plans to make Twitter a super app. Last month, he tweeted that buying Twitter was an accelerate to creating X, the everything app. And this is an interesting thing. And a lot of people don't know this about Elon Musk, okay? It says here, quote, Remember, Musk started in the payment industry. He sold his company to PayPal, Wood said. He and Twitter co-founder Jack Dorsey working together, I think, would turn this into a super app. Twitter could in the future look more like a digital wallet, Wood said. Quote, so you don't know, so you do all your banking there. There maybe there's something they're doing with Cash App, the online payment app developer by Dorsey's fintech firm Square. And continuing on with the coach says, you do all your shopping there. You get your loans there. It's your bank branch in a pocket, she added. I think they can get this done. Would, would a noted Tesla bull said Ark has invested in Twitter as part of Musk's $44 billion deal to take the company private. Musk truly believes in the vertical integration, correction, integration, she said, adding that Twitter would be a magnificent vertical integration. He has already has designs and is manufacturing the ultimate mobile device. The internet on wheels is called Tesla cars, she added. 
Still, Musk takeover of the firm is the subject of significant scrutiny by regulators, regulators and civil rights activists who fear he may allow harmful content to proliferate. Yeah, okay. The fact that Elon Musk at one point sold his company to PayPal says a lot of how Elon thinks a little bit, okay? And honestly, I could see Twitter becoming that super app in the making, which also means you're going to have companies like Facebook potentially and Pinterest. And let's see, what other apps are competing with Twitter? Probably True Social as well. This is where a lot of these apps might end up going is who can get the biggest digital wallet on their phone, okay? Think about it. We are addicted as a society to our phones, okay? And honestly, I mean, just to do this podcast, I am on a iPad or my iPhone looking at news articles as much as possible so I can be able to do this podcast, okay? And that's just trying to to do this, okay? That's not talking about the facts of people who are addicted to social media platforms like TikToks, Instagram, I guess Facebook isn't as popular anymore as it used to be, but there are a lot of apps out there that people use, whether it's gaming, taking photos, you name it, right? We are a society that is addicted to our phones. In fact, some people, not everyone, but some people are using their phones to make payments already like on Apple Pay because Apple even went into the payment industry as well. What Elon Musk does to Twitter will be very, very interesting. And I do know this. Should Elon Musk ever bring Twitter back as a platform to invest in? That would make things a lot, like really, really interesting to invest in potentially. Because Elon's a genius. I regret to inform my fellow podcast listeners that one of my biggest mistakes I ever made was not investing in Tesla back in the day. And I believe I've missed the boat. Or either that or I just haven't really invested in it because I've looked at other technology companies and find them a little bit more interesting. But I didn't miss the boat on Tesla because I didn't believe in Elon's vision. And the more I study Elon and the more I see him do how he does business, the more I'm like, wow, Elon Musk is really, really smart. And he's a he's a go-getter too. I mean, if you read his biography, it talks about times when he was trying to form the, the company that he sold to PayPal that he would be up all night and his brother would be up all day and they were sleeping on the couch or something. It's truly inspiring what Elon does. But at the end of the day, there's just, there's just things that make sense. And Elon might actually do that. And should he ever make the company public again, it might be something you might want to look into. I mean, this is why we keep reporting about Twitter because the news are behind it is just so fascinating. At least the news that isn't being reported. I mean, most of the news that you're reading about Twitter is like Elon Musk is threatening free speech. So it's going to be interesting to see what Elon does with Twitter. Now, the last thing we need to talk about is how Disney and CEO Bob Chapek are preparing for a possible Republican House majority. From CNBC, Disney is preparing for Republicans to take control of the House. As polls suggest, the party has an edge over Democrats in the days before the midterm elections. Disney CEO Bob Chapek has been having private phone calls this year with House Republican leaders including Minority minority Whip Steve uh, Scalis, I think that's how it is, a, re- a Republican from Louisiana, I believe. According to the people briefed on the matter, Scalis is in line to become the House Majority Leader if Republicans take control of the chamber, which would make him the number two official in the majority party. These people have briefed on the calls declined to be named in order to speak about private conversations 
out of that Chapex engagement was Scalis and other House GOP officials. A spokesman for Disney said in an email that the company speaks to lawmakers from both sides of the aisle. A spokeswoman for Scalis did not return repeated requests for comment. The conversations this year are taking place as Republicans on Capitol Hill attack Disney and other companies as woke after they took stances on a range of political and cultural issues. The GOP has used the criticism of businesses in part to try to mobilize conservative voters ahead of the election. Some Disney's executives had their advisors are concerned Republicans could ramp up their attacks on the company if the party wins control of the House. According to people familiar with the matter, they worry the GOP could pressure the company not to speak on social issues, such as, such as, such as the Supreme Court ruling in June that overturned the rights to the abortion enshrined in Roe v. Wade. After the decision, Disney said it would help pay for employees' pregnancy-related care if they traveled to a different state. Quote, I think there's a significant concern now that Republican lawmakers believe in free markets and capitalism, but only if they agree with that company. Christina Antolo, a Democrat lobbyist who counts Disney as a client, told CNBC in a recent interview. Hmm. Who counts Disney as a client? Interesting. Though she did not comment directly on Disney, Antolo said that Republicans can bring pressure on companies that they believe are too woke if they retake the House majority starting in January. Continuing on, the article says, while most major companies have been preparing for a potential power shift in Washington for months, Chapek has engaged directly with lawmakers poised to make, uh, correction, poised to become a lot more powerful if the GOP retakes the House. Scalis and Disney have had a close relationship for years. Scalis leadership and PAC hosted a fundraising event at Disney World's Polynesian Village in Florida. Axios reported Scalis campaign has hosted previous fundraisers at Disney World, according to NOLA.com. Bill Bailey, a senior Disney lobbyist, has donated 1,500 combined to Scalis Leadership PAC and has and his re-election campaign since October of 2021. According to Federal Election Commission's recorded, Scalis, like all U.S. House members, is up for re-election this year. The only thing I'm going to say is this. You know, even with the change in leadership in Washington, I feel like a lot of companies, I mean, they're, they're saying like, oh, like Republicans are going to be attacking Disney kind of like how people on the left are attacking Twitter because Elon Musk bought out Twitter. No, what's probably going to be happening is this, okay? If the house switches, and obviously this is going to affect markets in some way, shape or form, like it always does, Nothing's going to get done, and honestly, okay? There might be a few laws here and there, and there might be some controversy on news as that will be passed, but in reality, politicians are going to be focusing on other stuff, okay? Like, for instance, one of the biggest things that this upcoming midterm election is talk being talked about a lot is oil and inflation. Two things that Wall Street has been talking a lot this year, oil, inflation. Hmm. Kind of intertwined if you think about it, right? You know, I think in reality, this whole thing with Disney... It's, nothing's really going to happen. I think at the end of the day, I mean, I, I once told this to someone. Someone once said, like, we have to have government regulations in order to help have a stable market. And my response to them was, government can pass laws to be able to, to change ideas, but businesses will change a lot faster. In all honesty, okay, think about it. A law gets passed or a law's in talks and a company, they just go to have their quick board meeting. They discuss what they need to do. They do what's needed and then they move on. And then by the time they've already implemented the law and then the law passes and the company is already safe, okay? Companies can change a lot faster based off 
what's happening. Okay. They can, they can get things a lot done faster than politicians a lot, a lot of times can. Okay. Now what's also what, what I think is going to end up happening is this. Okay. And honestly, if the house does switch, okay, they're going to be focusing on people in Washington, at least at first. And then as time progresses, they, they might attack a Disney, but in reality, I don't see that happening. I mean, Disney has to worry about other things. What Disney really should be focusing on is how to get people into their parks. How di- What Disney should be focusing on is how to get people to not only get in their parks, but buy their services for streaming. They shouldn't be worried too much about, I mean, granted, everyone has their opinion on this at the end of the day. But if you're a company, you really should be figuring out just how to make money. And if you want to give to donations and all that stuff, that's totally fine. I mean, you've we've read articles with Amazon giving donations to a conservative group that was against, I can't remember if it was a monopoly, but it's in a past podcast where we've talked about Amazon giving money to political campaigns. Companies can do whatever they want. It's their choice at the end of the day, whoever they want to give money to. But at the end of the day, it's not going to really be that big of a deal. At least my opinion. That could change based off news that comes out. So, because it even says here too, okay, says Chapek said the company was pausing campaign donations in Florida following the bill passage. DeSantis later signed a bill revoking Disney's special district status in the state. Though the exact dates of the calls between Chapek and GOP leaders are unclear for a personal familiar with them, they say some took place shortly before and after members of the conservative House Freedom Caucus signed a letter to the Disney CEO in April. The letter specifically called out the company for speaking against DeSantis signed legislation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, don't think anything's going to really happen at the end of the day. I think this is just news because it's news and everyone's thinking that, at least right now, as they're reporting, they think Republicans are going to win. And in reality, they got other things to worry about in Washington. They do. I don't expect Disney to get hit. Disney has other things to focus on. Politics, not so much, so... Yeah, I'll leave it there. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Every like and subscription helps grow this podcast. So you'll be able to keep talking about events that are happening on Wall Street or that Wall Street isn't always willing to be able to talk about. Please also continue to share with friends or family as this podcast is growing. Thanks to my current supporters who are listening. For those of you who are not subscribed, if I'm not mistaken, at least half of you, at least on some of the platforms, are not subscribed. We would invite you to come subscribe now so that you can never miss a podcast when it comes out. With that being said, fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you and goodbye.